You know, sex is a great subject. For the most part, people love to talk about it, especially wherever I am. Dinner parties, at lunches, via email, Facebook. But if there is one thing that trumps sex, it is definitely Canucks playoff hockey. I cannot beat that, and that's on right now. But I'll do my best in any case here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Just a gentle reminder that you can always listen to the sex show on the podcast tonight's show and past shows and future shows so uh, if you're busy doing something you can always download it later just go to the cknw sunday night sex show in your browser and this and past shows are all there uh i'm maureen mcgrath i am your host i'm a registered nurse sex therapist nurse continence advisor uh lover (laughs) Anyway, tonight on the program, on April 29th, I'll be at the Railway Club talking hard facts on whether porn is responsible for erectile dysfunction. Oh, back to the game. For those of you who are PVRing it, I'm going to be respectful and I'm not going to give a blow by blow, shall I say? Anyway, um, (laughs) for the game. Bad joke. Uh, As I said, on April 29th, I'll be at the Railway Club talking hard facts on whether porn is responsible for erectile dysfunction. We see so much of erectile dysfunction today. Young men, old men, middle-aged men, everything. And there's many, many causes for it. But a researcher says that blaming porn for erectile dysfunction is like blaming food for an eating disorder. I'm going to give you the hard facts on this matter. Also, uh, the company, uh, the organization, the Company of Disciples is uh, joining, I'm sorry, I got to go back. (laughs) Uh, So joining me in the studio is Pat O'Brien of the Company of Disciples (laughs) Uh, later on in the program, Uh, a community community of business and working professionals who desire safe places to engage in astute and informative conversations on the Christian faith and its relevance to contemporary issues like sexuality and sexual health and sex and all those subjects that I talk about. Uh, And also communities face these every day. And since to quote Mahatma Gandhi, a religion that takes no account of practical affairs and does not help to solve them is no religion. I look forward to speaking to Pat. Also, With all of the allegations of workplace bullying, sexual harassment, workplace violence and abuse by prominent people like John Furlong and um, uh, and also Gian Gameshi, I think we're at a time where we have to accept that this goes on in our workplaces and everyone, but especially women, needs to be on the lookout for this. You need to protect yourself, your mental health and your job. So how can women protect themselves in the workplace from bullying and sexual harassment? Well, one way is to support other women in their success. So to that end, I would like to congratulate Simi Sarah, daytime host here, for winning the prestigious RTNDA Award for Best Editorial in British Columbia. I'm truly happy for her. Hard work. She deserves it. She does a great job. That is really important. Women need to support other women in the workplace. Last weekend, I was the MC at the 13th Annual Shakti Awards Society Gala. And I said, women need... I was throughout the night, it was a five or six hour event, and throughout the night I was giving little tips about uh, 
trying to raise awareness and end violence against women. And I hold women responsible because I think women aren't always that nice to other women sometimes. They're not that happy for a woman who gets a, a promotion or they're not that happy sometimes they'll they'll say this, you know, how come she can meet somebody and I can't? Uh, or why does all the why do all the good things happen for this particular friend of mine? So I mentioned that that women need to start and this also involves resocializing women uh, at a younger age to become something in life, to focus on. We, we socialize boys that way, but we don't socialize girls that way. We socialize girls to depend on a man financially um, in, in subliminal ways, but nonetheless, we do that. So women will blame other women if their husband is having an affair with another woman. Um, and so we need to start saying, I'm happy for her. She set out as a young child, adolescent, to be a physician or a CEO of a company or a lawyer or uh, an engineer. And, and she graduated magna cum laude or, you know, she's valedictorian of the class. I'm happy for her. But instead, we take women down. Crab in the bucket syndrome applies. So I'm going to give you some strategies tonight on how to deal with it. Remaining calm is one of them. Another subject we're going to be talking about is is sending intimate photos of yourself to someone, a part of the landscape of growing up in Canada today, a lesson in underage sexting, especially given what has gone on at Lord Tweedsmere Secondary out in Surrey. But you know what? It's This is not exclusively limited to the kids. This is, I am constantly saying to people, do not send intimate photos of yourself to the man that you are having an affair with. I say this to a lot of women. And in fact, um, at work one day, I had, I had done a little Facebook and a little social media about this subject, and somebody came into work, and they were, you know, dressed provocatively, and she said, take my picture. And I said, why? And she said, I'm having lunch with a guy, and I want to send it to him. And I said, did you not see what I said about Facebook? You know, this can impact your job, your personal relationship your professional relationship, your reputation, just a good idea. We also need to talk to our children openly about this. And it's difficult. Teenagers don't think anything will ever happen to them. There are no consequences, but a lot of people think that as well. So that's why the conversation needs to be ongoing and uh, have no fear of any aspect of it. Because the last thing you want to do is a federal charge uh, for your teenager who has sent unwittingly, because nobody ever educated her or him about this. Also, uh, to another less sex subject, or no sex, did you know that some husbands and wives, or some couples that maybe aren't married but have been going out for a long time, have never consummated their relationship? That's right. That means they have never, ever had sex. And there is actually case law about this. So when you Google non-consummation of marriage... All the legal precedent comes up. Nothing about the reasons. And there are a number of reasons why people do not consummate their relationship. These are educated, intelligent, good, fine people who may have anxiety underlying this or may have a physical problem or a medical problem. And a lot of people will have something called vestibulodynia, or vaginismus. And so if you don't know those terms, it's going to be really difficult for you to get help. This is another taboo subject, but you know me, I like to talk the taboo. Uh, I want to thank Luke Meat, who is uh, the, at the helm tonight doing all the technical production. Thank you, Luke. How are you doing tonight? 
I'm very well. How are you, Maureen? I'm fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yes, and we're not going to mention the game because <laughs> nope. everyone is um, watching the game. <laughs> and uh, not too many multitasking men out there. I love men. Don't, don't email me that I... <laughs> I'm watching it right men. now, so... <laughs> you can't talk about it, though, because of all the PVRing out there. And, and our guest in the studio apparently is PVRing it, so we have to be very careful about that. And our guest is Pat O'Brien, and he is with CFI Canada, Center for Inquiry. And we're going to be talking to him when I return about the hard facts on erectile dysfunction and porn. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I... If it's the first time you're joining me, why aren't you walking the, watching the hockey? <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show and welcome back. I am actually honored and delighted to have in the studio with me Pat O'Brien. He is with CFI Canada, Center for Inquiry. I've invited Pat to come here and speak to me because on April 29th, I'm going to be speaking amongst another, uh, amongst a number of other professionals about the blaming of porn for erectile dysfunction. And it's at, on April 29th at 6.30 p.m. it's happening. Pat, welcome to the studio. Nice to be back, Maureen. Yeah, great to have you. So you and the Company of Disciples is putting on this event yeah, we we do this monthly. Uh, Jonathan Chan is with the Company of Disciples, and he and I put on a monthly event called the Meeting of the Minds. And the idea is is that we have uh, we take an atheist and a Christian, put them in a room with a, a contentious topic, and uh, we have uh, people from both uh, both groups uh, come, and uh, we have experts talk about whatever the contentious topic is. Then we have uh, a kind of a, a meet and greet where people sit at tables and talk about the the topic. Um, and then we have a question and answer with our experts. And when, of course, we have our experts give a little talk, usually fifteen to twenty minutes on the on the topic involved. All together, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's mostly a debate. Right? Well, it's it can discussion. be a debate. It's more of a, we like to think of it as a discussion. We like to think mm. of it as a safe discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a very um, it's a very inviting atmosphere. We don't try to we know we're not browbeating people. Nobody's no. there to proselytize. Nobody's there to try and change minds. We just want to have a conversation so that we all understand where everybody's coming from. Right. And so it's going to be held at the Railway Club, which is a new venue for you. Yeah, it used to be at the uh, Vancouver Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Railway Club's a little, it's, uh, it's not as nice, mm-hmm. but it's a little more welcoming in terms of it being, um, I-, I think, just a more uh, relaxed atmosphere. Uh, the drinks are less expensive. Okay. Uh, and, and I think everybody <laughs> knows where it is. It's uh, 579 Dunsmere, right downtown, easy to get to. Okay. And uh, we're in the back room. If you go to the Railway Club, if you know it at all, like you have to go upstairs. Yeah. yeah, you go upstairs, you go all the way to <laughs> the back room. I've never been. Oh, there you go. It's not, it's not like the green door or anything like that. No, no. Yeah. Um, so we, we would give out, because I love to give out things on the show, but mm. uh, we'd give out a ticket, but the tickets are free. That's right. <laughs> so we better. can't do that. Free tickets. Give yeah. them out. But uh, I will treat somebody to dinner and a drink if oh. they would like to come to the Railway Club and uh, enjoy this event. So if they want to give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, you can give me a call and um, uh, you can enjoy. D- is there food? There, there is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. you can enjoy a little food and drink on me. 
I'll just pay for it that night, so don't expect me to send you a check in the mail or anything <laughs> beforehand because I don't need one more thing to do in my life. Um, so erectile dysfunction is a subject. Last year we spoke about uh, prostitution, and that uh, garnered a lot of people yeah. uh, to the event. And um, so, but they have to talk to me on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the nice they thing... They have to talk to me, Luke, don't forget. The, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. No, I was going to say the nice thing about the Railway Club is that you don't have to talk to anybody on the air. It's pretty uh, anonymous. Uh, people can come and... And, and say pretty much whatever they like, and it stays in the room. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all private and confidential. Yeah. But um, so this is an interesting subject, and it actually happened um, because um, there was a little contention on Facebook when when this research was actually um, posted on Facebook, and some people were absolutely incensed about it. So that's how the event came about. But I'm just going to grab Julie's call here from Coquitlam. Hey, Julie. Hi. I I didn't know that I'm asking question. Oh, you're asking a question. No, I thought I just phoned in to win the, 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 the dinner. All right, you won. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just like to talk to you. So are you interested in that event? Uh, yeah, I just heard a little bit about it. So I, 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 I actually missed the first part. Well, it's actually about erectile dysfunction and porn. Oh, I'm it's not It's a discussion sure. about that. Uh, what, what? Is that something that may not be up your alley? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Okay, well, it's but totally... I know somebody who may need to go. Okay. Well, it's totally up to you. If Well, if, if you want to, co- to come that night, then uh, I'll be happy to... Yeah, it's for two ...treat people, you. Right? Sure. Is, is it dinner for one or two? Two. Yeah, we will come. You'll come? Yeah. Okay. But I need to know the details. Yes. You know what we're, what we're going to do is uh, just give your information to Luke. He'll collect all of that. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then we'll see you there that night, Okay. Sure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's the Railway Club. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Okay, so... Um, I will hold on, right? I beg your pardon? I will yeah, hold on. Yeah, hang on. Hang on. Luke will be right with you. Thanks so much. Not at all. Yeah, so. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, the uh, erectile dysfunction and porn. So this is going to be a big, you know, this is a big issue because yeah. there's been so many, there have been so many religious messages that, you know, masturbation is not is, you know, the work of the devil and it's not good for you. And as like one woman in British Columbia saying that masturbation's healthy, <laughs> that'd be me. No, um, trying to educate around sexuality and sexual health. Yeah, there's, there's actually a great TED Talk on masturbation if you, if you want to. I've seen uh, it, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. excellent. Um, I look at uh, pornography the way I look at uh, alcohol. Um, I, I, you know, it can be good and it can be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should never introduce it to children. And and I think the problem, at least a lot of the research that I've seen, is that the problem is is that we have a lot of young people, young men usually, who will watch pornography and will think that that is what sex is. Um, adults know that what they're watching is is a movie, like any other movie. That's it's, right. It's fiction. And uh, and people think that because they're watching porn, that is, and and then they get erectile dysfunction. That the porn has desensitized them, and that is the and then the ultimate effect is erectile dysfunction. Right. Well, there's the desensitization. And I think also, and I, I, this is only my, my personal opinion, but I think also that young men have an expectation of what sex is and of what women's bodies are and mm-hmm. of how women react to sex. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just simply, it, it's just a complete fantasy in, in the pornography industry. It's set up as a fantasy. Of but, course. But they actually never have sex in, the, in those porn films. That's a little known fact. 
It's so, uh, yeah, it's amazing. But they, I know you both are looking <laughs> like, at yeah, me really? completely disappointed because really? I've done some research for this for this uh, particular <laughs> yeah. event. And oh, they don't looks, tell you. They don't tell you like that looks sex. like sex. Yeah, it. You know, yeah. okay. <laughs> they're not having real sex. Okay. Um, but the other thing about I look at at porn as, and of course because I have a large patient base and I see patients from everything from spinal cord injury to MS to Parkinson's disease to you know men over thirty. Um, as therapeutic measure. Sure. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, it's interesting that you were at our, our prostitution event also talking about that. And it's kind of the same thing. There are people who uh, need that kind of outlet because they can't get it any other way. Um, there's also um, some research that shows that the men who watch pornography will tend to use that as a release as opposed to going out and acting out in inappropriate ways in public or with, with other women uh, that might be, uh, uh, might be detrimental to, uh, to the women involved. So it can act as a release in that way. But as I say, using the, you know, the alcohol analogy, um, there is a lot of research to suggest that there is an addictive quality to it. I have a friend who's a psychiatrist who uh, I'm anticipating will be at the event who has done a little bit of work in this. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that um, addiction is a contentious issue in general, uh, and whether or not pornography is one of the things that you can, in fact, become addicted to. In fact, they say sex is something you can become addicted to, and there's debate about that. So that's another aspect of it. I think you know any kind of addiction is, is bad because it, it negatively affects your, your life in general. Oh, it, it, it can certainly. And there's a great book out called Chasing the Scream, um, and the author is Johan, I can't think of his last name, um, excellent book about how we treat addiction and what, what it's really from. And yes, a person can be addicted to sex, and it's the most difficult addiction in order to treat. But, um, but Chase, Chasing the Scream is a very interesting book I'll and a perspective, back. yeah, on um, and how other countries have dealt with, like we have a big problem here with addiction. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the downtown east side problem, the homeless issue, is an addiction problem, I, I say, I, 95%. I agree. And um, it, it, this book is called the Chasing the Scream, and it's the first and last uh, days on the war on drugs. And it is written by Johan, what is his last name? I can't think of it. Hari, Lo- Johan Hari. And it's very interesting because the, the drugs are, and, the, and he speaks a lot about heroin uh, addiction, but the drugs, sex is a drug, shopping is a drug, chocolate's a drug, mm-hmm. you know, porn can be a drug sure. for yeah. people as well. Absolutely. Anything gone bad is a drug. And denial is a drug as well. Sure. <laughs> so that complicates matters yeah. also. Well, the interesting thing too about addiction, to, to get back to the pornography, is that there is also, uh, in some sense, some people feel that addiction is a moral failing as opposed to a, a medical condition. And, and uh, as I indicated earlier, this is, this is kind of a, a Christian atheist, or I, we like to say theist-atheist mm-hmm. uh, discussion. And it's interesting that among a lot of religious people, a lot of religious people see addiction as a moral failing as opposed to a medical failing, which is, I, I think, a general problem that, we can, that is a whole other discussion that has to do with addiction and how we deal with it. That's right. Um, but I think that part of it will, will come out in this discussion as well in terms of how, how do you deal with it? Do you deal with it as a moral failing or do you deal with it as, a, as a more of a social? 
social medical problem, and you certainly know a lot more about the medical part of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, we hope to have, well, we're planning on having a, a lot of people who are going to know a lot about the, the psychological part of it. Right. And I think we're a compassionate society, North Americans in general, and I think we do need to go in that direction when we look at addiction mm-hmm. as opposed to that moral failing and that judgment and, and looking at how we're raising our families. And because and, a lot of this he has evidence to support in, in his book, Chasing the Scream, um, is if you have somebody who is an addict, you're dealing with that in your family, this is a great book to read. And one of the key points, as he says, is everybody needs to have something to get up and do every day, you know, which is yeah. so true, right? And the way they dealt, dealt with it in Portugal is they um, gave everybody jobs and said, the government said, we'll pay half if you hire him as a mechanic, for example. And uh, yeah, they've had, they've dropped the HIV rates, they've dropped the, um, you know, addiction rates, the homeless rates. Uh, the everything has uh, turned didn't, around. Didn't they in a basically just way. legalize all drugs in Portugal? Wasn't that part of? I think that might have been part of the plan. That's right. Yes, they, they absolutely. It's the decriminalization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when we decriminalize it, you know, I hate to see this. I work in this field, and I see they're all criminalized over their addiction. Anyway, it breaks my heart. Pat O'Brien, thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you on April 29th. And Julie you. and her date will be coming as well. Look forward and, to seeing uh, Julie, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> thanks so much. Always great to talk about sex. Thanks, Maureen. And when I come back, we're going to be talking about uh, how you can support other women in the workplace. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, and I would like to take a couple of calls. So I've got Joseph from Surrey on the line. Hello, Joseph. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Wonderful. What's up? Well, I got a question I wanted to ask about um, when, like, you get to be about 60, the erection started dropping off. Six, and I was 60. wondering. Did you say that's si- normal, you know? Uh, did you say age 60? Yeah. Age. Yeah. You know, it actually starts to happen. At, so you're one of the lucky ones. It actually starts to happen in some men around age 30. Oh, no. Yes, but you know what? It's not normal, Joseph. I, I, I have to tell you that. Like, if you look at it in, from one perspective, the health perspective, it's, it's not necessarily normal. Right, right. So are you thinking that it's normal? Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking that, you know, should I be, like, you know, check with my doctor? I should I just... Absolutely. And, you know, the definition of erectile dysfunction is the ability to attain and maintain an erection, an erection adequate for penetrative sex. Right. So sex is so good for you. It's healthy. Uh, it'll increase blood flow, but it's about blood flow. It'll help you sleep. It'll help your mood. It'll help with pain. And it, it's, of course, contributes to intimacy in your relationship. If you are in a relationship, you want to look at it's about blood flow. So you want to look at your heart and you want to look at your health and your weight, how much alcohol you drink, what you know, how much sugar is in your diet, uh, yeah. those yeah. kinds of things. So are you healthy from all of those perspectives? Yep. Yep. Oh, you are. Yep. Okay. So there could be an it could be a canary in the coal mine about cardiovascular disease. So there may be a heart problem. A lot of people will tell me like they had ED for a year and then they were diagnosed with a heart problem. So it's a very good idea to go off to your doctor and and uh, tell your doctor right. about your erectile dysfunction. Right. Uh, what about those tickets that you were talking about? There? Oh, I gave them away. <laughs> Okay, okay. I gave them. All why right. did you want to come to the event? Yeah. How much is dinner? All right. I'll treat you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. On that night, I'm not. I'm not sending any checks out. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we'll see you at the Railway Club. Okay. And what's the date again? April 29th. All right. Thank you. All right. Cheerio. Bye.
find out. And I now have Kathy of Langley on the line. Hello, Kathy. Oh, hi there. Um, I was just uh, listening to you speak to Pat O'Brien, and I wanted to know if there were uh, any statistics with respect to women um, uh, surfing uh, pornography. I think you had a stat for men. Do you have, uh, do you have a statistic uh, for women? You know, women enjoy porn, uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, almost as much as men do. Not quite as much, <laughs> but in terms of a statistic, I, I, I actually asked Pat to remain in the studio uh, mm. with me, so I'm going to let him take that question for you. Sure. I um, right. The group that I'm with, Center for Inquiry, we, uh, we're uh, also a skeptic organization, and uh, an event that we hold uh, a couple times a month is called Skeptics in the Pub, where, and it's generally, we're all skeptics, but we're also generally atheists, and uh, there's a term in that community called sex positive where we feel that uh, sex, as long as it's consensual among adults, uh, is a good thing. And, and I think Maureen will probably agree with that. I was at uh, one of these uh, pub nights, and uh, I was sitting at, actually at a table with three or four women. And I was actually surprised. I'm, I mean, I'm a 57-year-old man. Maybe I shouldn't be. But I was surprised at the how forward the women at the table were with talking about their viewing habits and pornography. Um, it... It apparently is is quite prevalent uh, with women who watch pornography. I think it's a different type of pornography, um, but it, it certainly happens. And and there was a, a, a lesbian woman was part of the group. Um, I can't tell you what exactly they watched, but I can tell you that there are. Uh, it, it's definitely something that uh, that women do and and seem to enjoy. I I can't tell you much more about it than that, except that it's definitely a thing. Maureen it, probably knows more. It is increasing. Um, porn, masturbation, cyber sex, webcam sex, phone sex. It's all on the rise, and that's probably with the access to the internet mm-hmm. and uh, being a bit more open about sex, um, perhaps. And women understanding the health benefits of sex and uh, how good it makes them feel. But it also can lead to addiction in women as well. Mm-hmm. When it can right, right. And I, and I, I, and sort of, I guess for me it was just sort of more about the addiction and, you know, doing things that are healthy around sex, of course. And so I just wanted to ask you quickly, Maureen, are you able to sort of um, give us a breakdown of, you know, sex addiction versus sort of chronic cheaters perhaps? Uh, just to sort of educate uh, you know people that are listening um, to something curious that that I've sort of been thinking about. And um, I love your show. I think it's fantastic. So thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, and even if people don't call in, I'm sure you're educating uh, hundreds and hundreds out there. You're very sweet. Thank you. Chronic cheaters versus sex addiction. They're entirely different. People who are, are you know, sexual desire is more related to the chronic cheaters. Um, and that's, uh, there's a spectrum of sexual desire. There's a sexual desire response cycle in men and in women. And some people have more sexual desire and some people have less. And there's a lot of mismatched desire out there. So there's desire discrepancy is what we term it. And so some people just need more sex than others. Generally men, I had an email and, and, uh, the email was (laughs) dear Maureen, um, uh, love your show. What is it that men want? Okay, that is probably pretty easy for you to answer. Now for the tough question, what do women want? Um, you know, and, and men and women desire things very differently. So for people who are cheating, it may be related to the fact that they are not having sex at home. In fact, it's more often than not related to the fact that they're not having sex at home. And that's in large part why a lot of men cheat. 
women will cheat for other reasons. Not, and it's not a, the emotional thing. We all fall back on this. Oh, women are more emotional. It's more complex. And we have to, you know, we need to feel loved and wanted and all this. No, women cheat because they want to find out if they're sexually normal. Women cheat because they just had no idea they were going to just hit it off and be sexually attracted to the baseball coach. It, it, it comes out from left field, no pun intended. Uh, but um, <laughs> there's so women cheat for different reasons than men, and it may not necessarily be related to a higher sex drive. But when women cheat and they have this high sex drive and they cheat with multiple people and it's impacting their life and their relationship, they often have a primary relationship, then it can fall into the category of addiction. So it's something you don't actually want to be doing. It causes you great distress the hiding, the sneaking. It's not about um, love ever. And in fact, there's a great book by Patrick Carnes. I don't know if you know uh, Patrick Carnes' work, and it's called About Sex Addiction, and it's called Don't Call It Love. I'm like the book <laughs> the book lady tonight. Um, but it's a phenomenal book explaining sex addiction. And another place for sex addicts in the States, the top one I think in the world is called The Meadows. It's in Arizona. Um, so sex addiction is something that causes a person significant distress in their life and in their relationship. Chronic cheaters, you know what? They're they're flirtatious. They have sexual desires that are not necessarily being met. They may have grown up with a cheater. So, you know, you live what you learn. They, uh, you know, it may be a time after a lot of stress, starting a new company, building a new house, having a few new babies, and, you know, and the wife doesn't want to have sex or sexual desire is in the tank at that period of time in her life. So he may seek out another relationship. So there's, um, and, and that doesn't mean he is a sex addict. In fact, sex addicts, one sign of sex addicts is that they never give up. They never stop. They keep coming back. So if they go after somebody and they don't actually get that person, they are going to return. And then you can tell this is a chronic cheater versus a sex addict. So there's lots of differences between the two, but believe me, sex addicts do not like being a sex addict. It's not about love and it's and it's very very different. So many people cheat, let me tell you. And uh and and I get a lot of messages, which I will go into the next subject, a little segue into it. I get a lot of messages on LinkedIn, Facebook. They'll private message me and tell me who they are having an affair with. And how long it's been going on and details about that. And these as well, they're they're having affairs quite often with prominent people or well-known people. And um, anyway, fortunately, I'm bound by the College of Registered Nurses of British Columbia and my own integrity. And I would never say anything. So you've got to be careful of who you say it to as well, because you can really never trust anybody except for me, of course. (laughs) And priests, and uh, maybe, I mean, maybe, yeah, questionable, exactly, but they're um, bound by the cloth. Uh, anyway, so when I come back, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about supporting women. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. We're talking sex here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Lots of hot topics tonight. Um, that's always the way around sex. I decided that um, workplace bullying is part of our culture. It's part of our landscape. It's in the workplaces. It's in every single workplace. People will say to me, people uh, bully you? (laughs) Yes, I'm a perfect target. So with the allegations, and I want to say that again, the allegations 
of workplace bullying, sexual harassment, abuse, violence, allegations by prominent people like John Furlong, still allegations, also Gian Gameshi, allegations. Um, this has subject has been brought to the forefront of our uh, news today, in our world today. And I think people are kind of getting it a little bit uh, about what it is and how detrimental it can be and what a societal malignancy this is and how ill people become and how 40% of your profits will be reduced if you have a workplace bullying, a workplace bully in and amongst your office. And that is according to research by Sandra Robinson out at the Sauter School of Business. So you know what? The deal is many people get sick. You only get it if you've been a target of it. And But I think we, and it can take years to actually learn, and we're not actually educating people on how to protect yourself at work when you see this coming. And you may not see it coming, but if you're at work and you get a little, things are going along great and whatever, and all of a sudden you get a little, ooh, wow, why did he say that to me? Or why did she say that? It's the first sign, let me tell you. And honestly, the first thing you need to do is to document that. You may never have to document again. Nurses are documenters. Lawyers love me because I document <laughs> people who do, are not acting with integrity or are behaving inappropriately don't care for me because I can always flip up my computer because I've documented the verbatim exactly what they've said or done to me. So I think we need to share this information. Many, many people, when they are the target of workplace bullying, it, it's a long time. It's a protracted period of time before they realize that it's happening. And by that stage, they are panicked. They are a wreck. They are losing sleep, losing hair, heart palpitations, nausea, losing weight. They get sick pretty quickly. And, and it's not a sickness. We, we still don't accept emotional illnesses in this country, in this world, as uh, being ill. In fact, we view it as moral failings, as Pat O'Brien said. So we really need to inject confidence in women. Women need to be strong from the start and support themselves from and stand up for themselves from the start. And I'd like to say strong women don't play victim. They don't make themselves look pitiful and they don't point fingers. They stand and they deal. And I think that really outlines uh, how women should be. And you know what? You can say, I'm not a strong woman. Um, you know, be a strong woman. When we say, why me? When we ask the question, why me? When we ask the question, why me? We become a victim. So the... I say accepting it as a reality that this is going to happen. Know that this is a risk for going to work, especially if you are marginalized in any way. Never give away your vulnerability, okay? Never tell somebody you have financial problems. Never tell somebody you have, um, you're, you're having any type of issues in your personal life. I really am not a big believer in bringing your personal life to the workplace because you will be a target. Uh, quite honestly, I must say I have been the target of workplace bullying and I didn't bring, bring my, I actually don't bring my personal life anywhere 
with me, especially to work. I have brought my personal life to work with me in the past, and it's been used against me. So we have to stay strong. You have to recognize it. Learn what the symptoms are. Recognize it. Document it right away. And remain calm. And also, and I mean, it's, it's a short show, so I can't give you all the tips. Workplace Bullying Institute is a great uh, resource to go to. But uh, calling people on their bad behavior will often help to end the bad behavior. Once they realize that you are, have seen it, you are documenting it, and, um, and they're often hiding something. That's the other thing. And this, if you find out about something that they're hiding, then you have a little bit of the upper hand. They may actually try to get rid of you. And, and often the only thing you can do uh, as a target of a workplace bully is to actually leave the position. Uh, I do want to say that we do need to support women. We Women need to support women because I think with anything... Whenever there's dissension in a group, so the group is weakened, and this is right out of The Art of War, another one of my favorite books, um, when that group is weakened, of course, the enemy can come in and attack. And so when women don't support other women, like they, they pretend they don't see it, they deny that a bully is actually targeting somebody, belittling them, betraying them, mocking them, talking about them behind their back, not giving them the tools to do a good job, so we all have to collect be together because it will be beneficial for future generations to come. So you can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com, if you're having any issues around workplace bullying. Um, anyway, the, we're going to get on to uh, sending intimate photos of yourself when I come back. We'll go to a break. And, and husbands and wives that have never consummated their relationship. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. I think we, uh, we've talked a little bit about the sexting, so do not send naked pictures of yourself and tell your children not to do it either. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. So I did want to get to another subject, non-consummation of relationships. I've seen a number of patients in my clinic recently who have not consummated their relationship for a, any one of a number of reasons. No two are alike. I'm probably seeing about five or six couples in the last month or six weeks. No two situations are alike. And what was interesting to me is because, well, because they didn't, they, they've, none of them have known, have known where to go. They've been married or in a relationship for five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and they have not consummated the relationship. That means they have never had sex. Um, in many traditions, uh, and statutes of civil or religious law, this is the first or officially credited act of sexual intercourse um, following their marriage after a prolonged sexual attraction. So that's consummation. So it's that very first. If you never ever have that very first, you'll, and then you never go on and consummate the relationship, it can be, there can be many underlying problems with it. But when you Google, and a lot of people Google help for help these days and that's what I do like about Google it tells us what people are looking for it doesn't necessarily give you appropriate help but it will give you an idea of what help people need but what comes up when you Google non-consummation of marriage is everything about the law how is non-consummation of marriage proved in court in India for example is one of the top uh, 
searches, things that come up as a result of a search. Non-consummation of marriage and divorce. It is a reason for annulling a marriage. It is a reason. But there are people may love each other, and often they do. And in fact, all of the clients that I see, they all love each other. They all care for each other. They're, they've all dealt with it in different ways, um, but they all have one common denominator, one common bond, is that they want to get to the bottom of it. And one of the ways that, uh, or one of the reasons for non-consummation of a marriage, a relationship, is something called vaginismus. And vaginismus is a spasmodic pain in response to the insertion of a tampon or a penis or during a gynecological exam. So if you have fear and pain has stopped you from having intercourse, so you can do other things, fondling and uh, touching, but no penetration, a finger or a penis, or if you've been unable to use tampons or do you physically withdraw or panic during gynecological exams, you may be suffering from a condition called vaginismus. And once you come to terms with do I have vaginismus question, you'll learn that this condition can be overcome with a number of different treatment options from dealing with the anxiety around it. It can be um, so distressing and so shameful for people, but there's a multidisciplinary approach to this, and it involves improving vaginal health with personal moisturizers like Repigyne. Perhaps probiotics might be an option. Botox treatment seems to have some effect in improving um, vaginismus, improving the spasms for um, vaginismus. So it basically paralyzes the muscle. It probably would last about six to nine months. So there is help for people. It's It's, again, instead of stuffing it down, denying it's an issue, avoiding it, ignoring it. Um, You want to put your problems on the table, face them, and deal with them because that's what any strong woman does. And there's always always a way uh, to deal with any problem. So don't play the victim. And, you know, a lot of people would not expect that their husbands or um, partners would actually go outside of the relationship, but that, in fact, can be the case. Anyway, so I just wanted to touch upon that. We'll get into vestibulodynia and vulvodynia, some of the other sexual pain disorders next week. Uh, I've got a lots. Uh, I have lots of um, talks coming up on April 29th. As you know, I'm going to be at the Railway Club uh, talking about erectile dysfunction and porn. Uh, in May, I'll be speaking over at the ICORD Interna- Autonomic Symposium, the third annual. I'm the co-chair over there, and that'll be a great um, day as well. A lot of researchers, physicians, allied health professionals are going, um, and we actually have a legal a, a lawyer is going to be presenting there as well because I actually refer a lot of cases uh, to lawyers because I see a lot of these patients um, that actually need legal rep- representation. Uh, I'm heading up to Whistler twice at the end of May, once for the BC Care Providers Association Conference and another for the Every Woman BC Conference. And uh, that's inspiring through physical activity, and that's a great event as well. Of course, I've only signed up for the workshop, the Scandinavian Spa, for three hours. Anyway, this girl needs a break. Go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter, at Back the Number 2, The Bedroom. My blog is backtothebedroom-blog.ca. 
And remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath, and until next week, enjoy the game and have a sexually healthy week.